Well, you guys sleep all right last night? Nor did I. I'm on California time, so I went to bed at like 2 o'clock and woke up at like 8 o'clock, and it is awfully cold outside. So, uh, if you have your Bibles, open them up. Ephesians chapter 4 is where we're going to start at. Uh, we're going to actually check out that video, hopefully right at the end of this, uh, again, as we're continuing this idea of recrafted. As we look at what it looks like of the maker crafting metal, we'll see that. If not, we'll see it, I'm sure, uh, later tonight as they get that thing figured out. Um, but again, the whole point of it is you're turning your Bibles is this idea of reshaping and recrafting, taking old things and making them new. Uh, and in fact, there's a line um, that's going to come up. I was able to watch this video beforehand. It's awesome, and it, and it says this, though the metal has been completely reshaped, there's still work to be done. You're going to see that at the end of the video, is, is he takes this, uh, this old stuff and, then, and, and puts it together and makes it new, and, and may, it might look like it's ready to go. However, there's still work to be done, and the craftsman knows the time it's going to take, and it's not done until he says it's done. We'll check that out later. It says this in Ephesians chapter 4, 19 through 24. They, those that don't know God, is who it was just talking about. If you remember from yesterday, Paul is encouraging a guy whose life has been changed radically by the Lord and living this new life out. He's saying that's you don't live like people that don't know God. Those that know God live differently, live a new life in him. And it says this, but they, those that don't know God, have become calloused. They've been giving themselves over to sensuality and to greed and to practice of every kind of impurity. Basically, they're living their life for themselves. Look at verse 20. But that is not the way you learned in Christ. Verse 21, you got to see this. Assuming that you have heard about him and were taught in him as the truth in Jesus. That's not the way you learned about Jesus, assuming that you know about Jesus. However, I recognize in a room like this, not all of you know about Jesus. Not all of you were taught about Jesus. That's okay, because you're going to learn about Jesus tonight. I say that because, again, I mentioned it last night. I'll give you an opportunity uh, tonight to hear about the gospel, the, the, the good news of, of what Jesus did and, and what sin is and what it's doing to our relationship with the Lord. We'll talk about that tonight because, uh, again, this is saying, I'm assuming you've known about Jesus, and if you don't know, we'll get there. So don't tune out. We'll get there. But if you're a Christian in the room, this one's going to be more geared towards you. And it says this, don't, don't become calloused. It's not how you learn about Jesus. You, you have a new life in him. And it says this, assuming you've heard about him and were taught, verse 22, you've been taught to put off your old self, which belongs to your former way of, of life. It's corrupt through deceitful desires, longing to just please what you want. Verse 23, and to be renewed in the spirit of your mind. And verse 24, and to put on this new self created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. 
22, 23, 24. Put off your old self, be renewing of your minds, and put on this new self created in the likeness of God. Throw off your old self and put on this new self. That's what we're talking about this morning. Pray with me. Lord, thank you for um, <clears throat> waking us up this morning. Your, your word says that you sustain life. You make the sun rise and fall. Every day we have an amazing opportunity to see your power at work. And I think we miss it sometimes. Assume this is just how it happens. But Lord, you sustain life. So thank you for that. God, prepare our hearts this morning as some are tired. Might be fidgety, Lord. I just pray that they tune into something here that you might have for them. It's in your name we pray. Amen. My son, August, I was telling you about, uh, he's older than his sister. He, he didn't have, seemed to have a problem learning how to ride a bike. Uh, we had this arc at, at Hume Lake. We have this arc, uh, very smooth concrete, kind of like this. And it was just a really flat area for him to, to learn. And, uh, you know, he would, he, we had this one bike that didn't have any pedals. So he would just run next to it and then put his feet up, you know, and he was just kind of you know, just kind of coast and he would learn how to do it. And he was pretty good. So when it came to actually training him uh, to ride a bike, he seemed to pick it up relatively quick. I was a little nervous, his dad watching him, uh, but he, he kind of, I helped him a little bit, but for the most part, he was good. And he started riding bike at a young age. My daughter is the most adorable thing you've ever seen. She really wanted to ride a bike. She was a little younger, but she sees brother doing it and he's doing really good. So she's like, dad, I want to ride. And I'm like, Oh, man, as a dad, you just don't want to see your, your kids get hurt, right? So I'm like, all right, let's go take her down to the ark. And uh, she's watching her brother just jam, you know, jump up on ramps. And he's just crushing it at a young age. And she's like, I want to do all that. I'm like, just slow down. It's fine. Just start to ride. And so there she is. She, she knows what she wants to do. She's determined to ride this bike. So she knows all what she's supposed to do. She gets on the bike. I'm supposed to ride. She goes a little bit, and then she tries really hard, and then she falls, right? She gets back up. She's not hurt because she's not moving that fast. She didn't go very far, but she's determined. She gets back up on the bike, and she's like, I'm going to ride a bike. And she goes. She pedals really fast, and then she falls. And she gets back up and she pedals and she falls, and she's getting frustrated. Why? Because all she wants to do is ride a bike, and she sees her brother doing it. And she knows she should be able to do it. She knows how to do it. For, for some reason, it's just hard for her. In her mind, she's determined. She knows how to do it. Why is it so hard? And then dad comes over. Hey, sis, come here. You're okay. You got this. Keep your eyes straight. Take a breath. All right? You're, 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 you're getting yourself worked up. And I hold the back of the seat a little bit. And we just go a little bit. And I let go. And she doesn't know I let go. And she goes a little bit more. And then she falls. And I come back over. And I pick it up. And, and, and she starts to go. And she's calm. She's, she, she's focused. And she's trying hard. And dad's right there to help. And she starts to learn how to ride a bike. As much as she wants to be determined, I need to do this. I need to do this. Sometimes she needs outside help. As we look at this passage, my friends, verse 22 says, put off your old self, this old life maybe that you've had, these sinful desires, the life that is all about you. 
And I don't know when you became a Christian, but I'm sure those that are Christians in the room, you're still dealing with the effects of that sinful nature of that life that says, do what you want to do. And you might try to keep it at bay, but the reality is this self-centered life, one with selfishness and anger maybe and gossip and, 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 and sexual immorality is, is what it's talking about. And, and all of these different things that maybe you're, you, you, that's in your mind or in your heart. You're supposed to be keeping this thing at bay. And then 24, verse 24 says, this Christ-centered life, this one that's supposed to be all about him. And we were just singing these unbelievable words that just talks about being humble and faithful, one of prayer. This, this, this kind of life that truly loves people, that's patient, that controls maybe lust and, and, and controls these different things in our, our lives that maybe we're struggling with. So there's this old life that we don't, we're not supposed to even think about. We want to push away and we're supposed to put on this, this new life in Christ and walk in this newness of life. And maybe you come up to a, a weekend like this or you go on a missions trip or maybe it's a great Wednesday night program at your church and you keep hearing, uh, live for God, live for God, live for God. And you, and you know you want to do that. That's, that's, that's the reality. You're, okay, today is the day. I'm coming to camp. Maybe you even got on the bus and you're like, there's things in my life I need to get rid of and I, I need to really just focus on God today. That, that's, the new, that's the new goal. So what do we usually do? We look at these two lists and we're like, old life, all right, I'm going to get rid of this one. And in the new life, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to really focus on loving people. I'm not going to be angry I'm going to actually focus on being humble or love. And so that's what I work on. And I get on the bike and I try, 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 and then I fall. And you get back on, you're like, I'm so determined. I see my brothers and my sisters. They're not seeming to struggle with some of this stuff. I can do this. I know what I'm supposed to do. So you, you, you get back on and you're like, I, I need to be more loving. I need to be more humble. And you just, you work at it. You work at it. You work at it. And then you fall. And there's this, this struggle, maybe as Christians in the room. Why is it as I, I know I'm recrafted. I know I'm made new. But why is it that I keep finding myself sometimes going back and forth into this old life and this new life? Why can't I just stay here in this new life? And why is it so hard that I'm trying? I'm trying. And I fall. What am, what am I missing? If, and here we go, this is where you get a, you got to help me. If chapter, if, if, if verse 22, or yes, if, if, look at this, it says in 22, it says, put off your old self. And verse 24 says, put, up, put on the new self. 22 says, put off your old self. And 24 says, put on your new self. What am I missing? Is active. If, if verse 22 says, put, on your, put off your old self, and verse 24 says, put on the new self, what am I missing? All right, good, you're not listening, right? If, if, if 22 says, put off your old self, and 24 says, put on your new self, what am I missing? 23, what's 23 say? It says this, be renewed in the spirit of your mind. That is the key that you're missing. 
It's not about trying and trying and trying and trying and trying harder and trying harder by yourself because you can't do it. My daughter wants to ride a bike, but she can't do it without dad helping a little bit. Friends, it's not about just getting rid of this old life and then putting on this new life. No, you're missing the thing in the middle, being renewed by the spirit in your mind. It's very important. In fact, Colossians 3 says, set your mind on things above, not on earthly things. Romans 12 says this, do not conform to the, to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to discern what the good and pleasing perfect will of God is. But we're doers in America, <laughs> We're doers. We think we can, we can fix it. We can fix our pride or our anger. But here's the question I have for you Christians in the room. When could you ever fix your own sin? You couldn't. You always needed outside help. You're daily asking him to transform your mind. The, the spirit will start to transform your heart and mind as you align yourself with him as you slow down and you come to him and say, I need help. And he's like, I know I got you. And he calms you down a little bit. And together, you guys, learn how to ride a bike. Be satisfied. Walk, think, and talk about him. As, as, you, as, you, as you say no to that old life and you get... Your, your moment, you realign yourself with the Lord, and you're like, all right, Lord, what do you want for me? And then, and then you start living out this new life. It's a beautiful, beautiful, simple thing. So is it really that simple? Say no to ungodliness. Let your, the Spirit renew your mind and then live in this new life. Is it really that simple? And I have to say, yeah. But see, it's, it's, it's easy because we can look at it, and, and camp actually is, is a perfect example of it. I see it all for 14 years. I, I did this. I was on stage and, you know, encouraging students to, to grow in their relationship with the Lord. And whether it was a week of camp or whether it was just a weekend of camp, something beautiful happens. Hearts of students, you come in. And, the, and when the Lord gets a hold of your heart, your life gets transformed. But why? Because we're constantly realigning our hearts to His. In recreation, you're going to be talking and praying uh, to the Lord. And in, in, in worship, you come in here in, in, in one weekend. You're having four messages, four times of worship. Do you get that in your normal weekend? No. In your cabins back at, at tomorrow, last night, I would imagine you guys, before you went to bed, maybe you all prayed together. If not, maybe you encouraged one another in, in, in conversations of maybe what God's doing. Do you do that in your regular life? Call your buddies and be like, dude, tell me what's up, man. How, how you doing with the Lord? What's, what's your excitement as you're walking into this week? How do you want to see God move? When's the last time you asked your friend that before you go to bed? You're constantly talking about the Lord. You're constantly at camp thinking about the Lord. You're constantly coming back and letting your mind be renewed by the Lord. That's why I think that it's easier to put on this new life because you just, it's a byproduct of being filled with the right kinds of things. 
So is it that easy? Yeah, it is. So it's going to be that simple at home? Well, no. Why? Because there's things at home that distract us. And, and tomorrow morning, we're actually going to talk about uh, two, op- two opportunities, maybe just two practical ways to continue to what it mean, uh, understand what it means to fill our minds with the right kinds of things, spiritual um, disciplines, if you will. But I want to talk about this passage here that I think we really need to take very seriously because it's one thing to fill our minds with the right kinds of things. But I ask us in this room, and this is where I want to kind of spend the last few minutes on for, for this morning is, what are you filling your mind with? Because you're filling your mind with something. Is it the right or the wrong kinds of things? Proverbs 4.23 says this, above all, guard your heart for Everything you do flows from it, your heart. Guard that inner core, your, your thoughts, your, your mind, your desires. What am I filling my mind with? Am I protecting my mind? The Spirit wants to renew your mind, so are you going to let Him? Or are you, you filling your mind with too many other things? My, my, my boy, August, you know, when he was younger... He would just uh, want to watch everything and look at everything. And, I, you know, me and my wife were really trying to protect him. He had a little, uh, he, he, gets a little he gets a little scared easy on, on certain things. And, uh, you know, it, it plays with his mind later at, at night before he's going to bed. So there's certain shows we know he probably shouldn't watch. There's certain pictures where, like, ah, it's probably just not best for you to see because he'll, he'll really play it back in his mind later at night. He's kind of grown out of it now, but, uh, you know, we, we really try to say, hey, you can't look at people's screens without asking us because you don't know what people are going to show you. Well, he was at school, Christian school, and uh, uh, he came home one time and he's kind of just kind of, you know, overwhelmed. And I was like, what's, what's going on? He's like, my friend showed me a picture. I was like, oh, no. He's like, yeah, dad, it was about, it was like a a doll with like a knife. And I was like, oh, the Chucky doll. Oh, no. And this really messed with my boy. And, 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 and I think what happened is he probably saw it and then he's like, hey, can I see it again, right? And, and he's looking at these things that I, I want to try to protect him as much as possible, but he's the one who has to ultimately make the decision. I'm going to say no to those things. If somebody's like, hey, look at this, he's going to say, nah, I'm good. I can't protect him because I can't ever un- uh, let him unsee those things. And it really, it starts to really mess with him. I can just warn him, don't watch. But he has to say no. What are we filling our minds with? Philippians 4, 8 says this. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there's anything excellent, if there's anything worthy of praise, why don't you think about those things? But again, if we're talking about lists, we don't want to look at these lists. They're not as engaging sometimes. But this is what the Lord says. Is, is we talk about renewing your mind, I will be the one to help you renew it. But you got to also be careful of what you're putting in. Do I think about these kinds of things? What am I letting into my mind, into my inner core? What am I watching? What am I listening to? What am I reading? What am I texting? 
And I'm not saying don't watch and I'm not saying don't, don't, don't listen to music and all of these things. I'm just asking, maybe take an inventory. What are you letting into your life? And, and are you maybe blind to the, to the effects that it might be having on you? Self-assessment time. You don't have to say it. I just want you to think about it. How much time in a week? How much time in a day? I don't know if you want to do a day or a week. A week might overwhelm you. So let's just look at a day, a normal day for you. Not up here because you can't do it as much. On a normal day, how much time do you spend on social media? Think about that. All right, let's say how about in a week, how much do you spend on social media? Is, is, it, is it a lot? How much time in a day or a week are you spending playing Fortnite or any kind of video game that you just love? How much time are you spending on it? If you're like my boy, man, he'd be on that thing all the time and he can't get enough of it. How about on YouTube or listening to music or watching new Netflix or, or how about knowing the latest gossip, the latest tea? You just kind of want to know how much time are you spending on just finding that stuff out? And now here's the question is how much time are you spending in, in your Bible and how much time are you spending actually praying with the Lord? You, you see, we, we, we don't... We don't think about it that way, but here's the thing. The Instagram, Fortnite, YouTube, music, Netflix, knowing the latest tea and gossip, all of this is screaming, do what you want to do. In the Bible, in prayer, and all of these spiritual disciplines is screaming, do what he wants you to do. Are we letting the wrong things in and are we keeping the best things out? You sit here and you game for two, three hours a time and, and, and you're simply, simply saying uh, you're praying for maybe two minutes and you, you say, man, I, God, I just don't feel you lately. Are you really putting that on the Lord? He's gone nowhere. He's right where he's always been. You're the one that's letting the wrong things in your mind and you're blaming him because your relationship with him might not feel the same as it does at camp. Our minds are being affected by something, whether you know it or not, but it might not be the right kinds of things. Here's a little saying I got from this book on discipleship it says this if we're consistently getting input from the world and we're continually getting very little input from God who will we inevitably look more like if you're constantly getting input from maybe this old life and the world screaming do what you want to do and you're getting very little input from God saying no no life is about me not about you if you're getting more input here than over here, who will you inevitably look more like? That old life or that new life? And it's not just about doing and doing and not doing old life and, and putting on the new life. I told you, it's about renewing your mind, but your mind is being renewed by something and it doesn't seem, if you're honest with yourself, that you're letting the right things in. You're letting the, long, or the wrong kinds of things in and you're keeping out the best kind of things. Those that are in Christ, you have been transformed. You've been molded into his image. And if the video works, there's another line in here that says, what God deems valuable might seem worthless and dull to you. 
Because as he looks at certain things, it's valuable. But you're like, I don't think that's too valuable. He either is in control or he's not. He knows what's best or he doesn't. Those in the room that call themselves Christians, you're trusting him with your eternity. Why not trust him with your mind? Why not trust him with your heart? Instead of trying hard, trying hard, and failing, may we just give the Spirit an opportunity to transform you. But Perhaps this morning it just simply starts as we talk about the gospel tonight. I wanted to bring this up because I do believe that there's some of us in the room that are Christ followers, and you're just filling your minds with the, the wrong kinds of things, and you're not giving any space for the Lord to move. What, if, what would it look like to start emptying ourselves out of those things that are just overwhelming us and influencing us and allowing us to be, our, 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 our mind to be really renewed by the right kinds of things, the things that remind me of the fact of whose I am and my purpose, that I'm recrafted for a purpose, on purpose. I am made in him, his image. Not, it's in the beginning God, not in the beginning me. What if we start to let the Spirit remind us of that truth. But that's assuming you've been taught about Jesus. And if you're in the room and you haven't heard the good news of Jesus, tonight we'll talk about it. We'll talk about what sin is and, and what sin does in our life. The fact that we need help, big time, outside source, to deal with the sin problem. And we'll get there. If you have questions on that, I'm going to encourage you to start maybe talking about things with your counselor. And we're going to have a breakout session here in a minute to really talk about this. And I'm just going to encourage you to maybe think about what are some of the things that you're letting in that you know you probably are giving too much attention to. Movies aren't bad. Inst uh, uh, or sorry, uh, social media, not bad. But if we're inundated by these things, who are we inevitably going to look more like? You're recrafted, a new creation. So let go of the old. Let your, your spirit be renewed and walk in the newness of life the way that God intended to give you purpose, on purpose, to enjoy him and show off your creator. Let me pray for us. Lord, thank you for this time. Just a quick challenge this morning of what it looks like to do some self-inspection. Not to just try hard just to fail, but for us to actually stop, slow down, and hear from your simple voice. Help renew our minds. Maybe get rid of stuff that's distracting us and fill our hearts and our minds with the right kinds of things so that new life is a byproduct, God, of walking with you. God, we love you. It's in your name we pray. Amen.